castor oil. Or shall we stop this nonsense and eat up our food? Food? You call this food? What did you say, boy? We want proper food. Meat and potatoes is what we want. Fire, stop laughing. David, stop laughing. Meat and potatoes. Stop it, George. Meat and potatoes. Stop it. Meat and potatoes. Stop it. Meat and potatoes. I command you to stop now. Potatoes. Meat and potatoes. George, stop it. Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Panic. It's time for the meat and tomatoes, baby. We are talking interior offensive line. We actually recorded that part. We went 50 minutes long on 12 players, so we got we we went through it. Uh, we're going to talk about the OTAs being canceled. Uh, Ryan Lewis cut some quick thoughts on that, and then a redraft of, of round five, pick 110. Justin, how are you? Bobby Skinner, 13 days until the NFL draft. That's kind of cool, kind of awesome. I think this offensive guard, center, interior offensive line episode, at least in our brains and where our brains are at, um, I think we're pretty much in lockstep with each other, which is nice. That's boring for content. Um, But we're pretty much in lockstep with each other in terms of our takes and what we want the Giants to do at 11 and then what what kind of value can be there at 42, pick 70-something and then so on. Um this is big. This is a very big episode to kind of address uh, what the Giants uh, may do, have to do, because it is the biggest need on the team. Um, lots of things to talk about, Bobby Skinner. I'm, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, and I'm even better because we got some new patrons. We got Wes Locke, who's been, I think, kind of like a, a day one. I, I remember him very early on. William Walker, Bill Walker. He's a a day walker. William Walker, the day walker. Sure. Uh, and then Alex Lorenzo, um, who was actually hit, had his last name, was after Lorenzo Neal, the fullback for the San Diego Chargers. Do you remember him? Mm. Justin, who are these fullbacks? Who are these fullbacks? They went to patreon.com slash talking giants. And I will say, I talk about this towards the second half of the show. I'm a fraud. I completed a mock draft um, at Wednesday night, late Wednesday night. And I shared it with the Patreon. I told Twitter I'm not sharing it with the public. And then I'm like, you know what? This is a good this is a good idea for exclusive content for the Patreon. I hate saying that exclusive content. Patreon.com slash talking giants. Uh two dollars a month, you get to support us and you get some extra perks like watching us live as we record the shows. Uh, Thank you for everybody who supports us. And you get a magnet and um Saturday, which you're you know, tomorrow when you're listening to this, we're doing our, our bi monthly raffle. But this time the raffle is for our draft month hoodie. Which I'm so excited to get here. Hopefully it gets here by the draft. Um, so so you can get a, a chance at a free one for those. And those are like 38 bucks. Um, very good pricing. Get it. Buy, 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 buy. I, I love them. It's got Talking Giants versus the World in the back. And then our logo small on the front. Alright, Justin. Um, we got our redraft. OTAs. These The Players Union is looking for a win. And they're boycotting them. Because of COVID. Here's where I get a little frustrated, Justin, is I get the NFLPA is looking for a win at any chance they can get, but this just rings hollow. I mean, we know these players are not taking this stuff serious and I, and I'm not mad at them. I have no problem with that. Um, you know, they're working out in Arizona and there's a reason why we didn't get any video or picture out of Arizona so they wouldn't face backlash. Um, you know, especially after they, you know, they got some in season, um, but it's like they're working out, they're meeting in Arizona. You look at these guys' Instagram stories, they're out living and working out together and stuff. Um, this is the NFLPA looking for a win. And it is older players pressuring other people. Um, it just stinks because, you know what, there's like, there's guys who make like money off this. Like Nick Gates loses $25,000 off that. I can, I can pull up the list. Doug and tweeted it out. Of the, I have the list of the guys and the, and their money. Like guys are losing money because of this. You know, younger players don't get a chance to you know get their first impression with the coaching staff or or you know come in you know show what the work they've been putting in. You know, there's players that will never get to see this coaching staff. You know, their off season work. Um, you know, that will get cut for undrafted free agents. You know, this can be the difference in a guy's career or not. You know, Bradbury he's going to lose a hundred thousand dollars. Blake's going to lose a hundred thousand. You could say it's yep. not much, but that's a lot of money. Dante Pettis, who like, you know, if things don't go right, his career could be over this year. $100,000. Elijah Penny, 50000 O'Shane Zimmer is 30000 Shep, 20, like this is, this is big money that these guys are being pressured and basically bullied into losing. We know basically all those guys we listed, I think would probably want to show up. Like we know Blake would want to. Bradbury, we don't know, but we would think so. 
Pettis, I actually don't know, but yeah, I think the workout bonus might. But it's like, you know, Nick Gates would show up. Sterling Shepard, O'Shane would show up. Um, and I just think it's the NFLPA is bullying these guys in to just try and get whatever win they possibly can. Yeah, it, it's Because it's, it's voluntary tough. at the end of the day. So it's like, if you don't want to go, don't go. But it's like, I hate how they've pressured every player into not going. Well, we'll also, what came first? The, the, we have a conversation, you know, it, it needs to be asked, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Because the term voluntary uh, and the phrase voluntary has been has been bended the last couple of years, especially I feel like in a market like New York, where it would always be a big deal when Odell didn't show up, right? But the Giants don't have that big market player that won't show up and then, oh, uh, the Michael K show and uh, uh, Evan Roberts and Craig Carton, they're going to be leading off their show because uh, James Bradbury didn't show up to OTAs. No, that's not going to be happening. But nevertheless, but- the term voluntary, if and if I think if there wasn't such a strong fan reaction and if there wasn't such a strong reaction to players not showing up to voluntary workouts – then I think they would just be like, no, we're not going to go. And that's what but this is about. Is a- this is the NFLPA right. trying to get a win on that. Because like you said, voluntary doesn't really mean like it's like you said, you, it's you, there's public pressure and there's pressure from the coaching staff to go. But it's like this year you would have that excuse, you know, like Nate Solder, who is the PA rep for the giants. If he doesn't show up to this, I don't think anyone would be mad. I think they'd understand. It's like, Hey, this guy's trying to take as little risk as possible with yeah. COVID. But now, Here's where you could criticize somebody. If Leonard Williams didn't show, then you could criticize him. Because guess what? Leonard Williams, and I'm not criticizing for this, like his Instagram stories, like he's out living his life, which is fine. You know, majority of people are at this point. Um, But it's like, then you could. But it's like, you know, like you mentioned James Bradbury. Obviously, you want him there. But it's like James Bradbury is not out. You know, like he's posting video games on his Instagram story. So it's like, just don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. And you would like, this is the year you would get the benefit of the doubt. Um, and they're just, like you said, it the the points that you brought up is what this is about. This has nothing to do with COVID. Yeah. Um, teams are allowing guys to get vaccinated if they want to, so that's like a small point, which is which is cool. So here's the timeline of it all. So I'm a little, I'm still a little confused by it, but Art Stapleton kind of laid it out. In a memo issued to teams Wednesday, the league announced that this phase, the first phase of the calendar will consist of 100% virtual participation with no on-field action. So the first part of OTAs is 100% virtual. So they're opting out of that, <laughs> which is crazy. Phase two of the offseason will run from May 17th to May 21st. During that window, teams can hold rookie mini camps and on-field drills for their entire team. Meetings will continue to take place virtually. So, I'm guessing, so, the way that the Giants and the way that they phrase their press release was players on the team. When you're drafted to be a New York Giant, you aren't on the team, and I put that in quotes, until you sign your rookie contract. So, those guys and those rookies will most likely go to Phase 2 of the offseason from May 17th to to the 21st. They can hold mini rookie minicamps, and then odds are, if if this still isn't maybe sorted out, every they're going to opt out. The, the vets and they're all going to opt out from that May 17th to the 21st. So where we now l- kind of look to is the offseason will progress to Phase 3, which runs from May 24th to June 18th and includes mandatory minicamp. As with the first two phases, meetings will take place all virtually, virtually, which I'm confused. Why are guys opting out of meetings that are virtual, like just don't go? Because the NFLPA is trying to get make a, is trying to get a win. They're trying to get a win. So that's why I'm confused. If if the NFL has come out and said that, particularly in phase one of OTAs, it is all going to be virtual, and the NFL Players Association is saying we want to try and replicate replicate last last offseason as much as possible. Because one NFL team, I don't know what team it was, but one of the first teams that came out with the statement kind of said something that was true. They said. The product on the field was the same, which I'm like, you know what? You're right. I feel like there's been years where they've had the same training camp. Now, training camp and an on-field practice time with uh, with full pads is a lot less than, a, you know, maybe a decade ago. But sometimes even when they have like the full training camp, the product on the field hasn't been as good. Last year, I felt like the product was pretty damn good. Um, it obviously hurt the Giants, but just talking about the NFL from an entertainment factor, um, it thought it was pretty damn good, so they had a good point. Um, 
I don't know. This is just so confusing. So the next step that we look to is mandatory minicamp. Is the Players Association going to try to get rid of mandatory minicamp in person? Yeah, and they'll That's get the fined step. for that. In the NFL, there won't be, they'll get fined for that. What next. sucks is it just screws the little guy, you know? Like, you know, Rob Martin... Rob Martin had had made like he made like you know he's not an NFL player anymore, but guess what? He got that first year practice squad salary because he did good at a rookie camp, you know. And and like I said, he doesn't have a long NFL career, but that money that he made from that one year has probably propelled him in the rest of his life. And and it's it really does stamp out the little guys. Yeah, and the NFL is not the NBA. I feel like every and I don't and I don't blame uh, players in the sports league that want their league to be more like the NBA. Because everything's guaranteed for them, and there's not, but there's those. There's also there's not a lot of guys on the roster, not a lot of guys on the active NBA roster. I don't know what the G League looks like. I don't know what that has to do with anything. But you know, there's 53 guys on a roster, and how many how many of those guys? There's 22 guys, probably, who are stable guys that they know that they're probably going to have a job. 22 out of the 53 plus 10 man that's practice squad. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough for them. All right, other news. The Giants waived Ryan Lewis corner, who started a few games for the Giants. Um, I kind of thought it was interesting because let's go through the cornerback list. I, I figured, and it's a failed physical designation, so they don't have to pay him an injury settlement. Um, that's why they did it. So Bradbury, Dora Jackson, Darnay Holmes, Isaac Yudam, clearly ahead of him. I think out of the next guys on the list, you would say Ryan Lewis was like the fifth as far as player-wise because after him you have Maude Harper, Sam Beal, and Chris Milton. Now, Sam Beal, they couldn't cut because he opted out. Um, they would actually lose cap space because he got that that advance um, for opting out. Uh, but I guess it's just kind of like the Chris Milton signing. Uh, you know, the, the other Titans special teamers, I, I guess those guys, they view higher than they do Ryan Lewis. Yeah, and because of the addition of Adoree Jackson and um... – having a lot more, you feel like, of a solid cornerback depth chart in terms of your starters. Julian Lo- Julian Love's positional versatility also goes up, too. So they have him at corner, too. Yeah. So any- anyway, I, 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 th- I just thought that was interesting. You know, Ryan Lewis was a guy It's like, hey, you know, we'll see him bottle for Isaac Adam for cornerback four or five or whatever. Yep. All right, redraft. We're doing pick 110, fifth round. Uh, last year, the Giants selected Shane Lemieux with this pick. Uh, in our mock drafts, I picked Jack Driscoll, who went to the Eagles as an offensive tackle. Played six games, gave a lot of pressures and sacks, but he was he was I mean he was starting Week One because of the Eagles' offensive line injuries. You took Tyler Johnson, who had 12 catches, 169 yards, and two touchdowns for the Bucks on 25 percent of the snaps. So okay, the guy the wide receiver out of Minnesota. I, I think we've both been happy with that. Um, Had some nice catches in the postseason. Yeah. So so far in the redraft, I have went Andrew Thomas, Chase Claypool, Alton Robinson, Darnay Holmes. You've went Justin Jefferson, Xavier McKinney, Tyree Phillips, and Darnay Holmes. I have beef with you. You can't claim Tyree did- Phillips as a tackle. He is a guard. Yes, he is I can. a guard player. He plugged in at tackle when a guy got injured, and he sucked. He gave up five mm. sacks in four games. Mm. He is a guard, not a tackle. He was a tackle in college. He's a guard in the NFL. The Ravens draft him to play a guard. He's literally listed as a guard. He played tackle when um, who, who, which one was the one that got injured? Stanley or Orlando Brown? Like Orlando Brown. Yeah. So he he went in then, and then he sucked at it. I don't know. I think you're. I think you're. Uh, I think you're a fraud. I, and I, and the fact that, <laughs> the fact that that vote was so close, and you didn't list Tyree Phillips as a tackle. It was sixty forty. I could for for a. For a, 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 a poll that has my name versus your name in it, and for me to get 40% of the votes, I consider that a win because people don't like me. it. One, you if it was if the poll was put in YouTube comments, then I would agree with you. But it, on Twitter, like most people are fair with that, they're, they're literally looking at the players, and there and there's some bad takes below it, by the way. Uh, all right, so now, so we're this is a cheat pick, and this is why I think we did this wrong. Because it's like we get, we've got, we have too much hindsight. Like we always want to have hindsight, but it's like we're just both going to wait to take this guy. Where if we were going against each other, we probably would have taken him earlier. Um, but some of the people that are are, are be, I I consider Darnell Mooney, why well, is here for the Bears? But I already got Chase Claypool, so I'm not going him. Quintus Kefis uh, for the Lions, and I even thought about Shane Lemieux, but I'm going with Justin with Patriots tackle. Even though he played, he played four games a guard now, Justin. But he's not a guard. He played tackle. 
Started 16 games, 12 at right tackle. Michael Onwenu. Michael Onwenu started a six-round pick out of Michigan for the Patriots. Gave up three sacks, 14 pressures, and 16 starts. Really good. Like, that, those are really good numbers. So, Justin, right now I have Andrew Thomas and Michael Onwenu as my left tackle, right tackle. Chase Claypool, wide receiver, all Ramos and pass. I mean, my team is freaking stacked right now. I am also taking Onwenu. I saved my draft. Did you? You got a really crappy guard in Tyree Phillips. Okay, call Tyree Phillips a tackle. He sucks at it. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so he's my right tackle. Um, and then I guess uh, on Wenu, I'm putting that yeah, left yeah, tackle. Yeah, now he's playing left tackle. Your team is screwed. My t- to, th- to think that, oh, if Tyree Phillips was listed as a tackle, you would win this. Hey, but I got Justin Jefferson, baby. Jason Garrett got his number one wide receiver. Yeah, he's not doing anything well. Um, Andrew, Tom- I-, I got Chase Claypool. I got Chase Claypool. Darius Slayton, Sheldon Shepard in the slot. And we we probably got rid of Golden Tate because of that. But not really. I have won this draft. I mean, there's... You have. You have. I've had a bad draft. Okay, so what are you complaining about the Twitter poll for? Well, no, because no, you didn't list Phillips as a guard. And the fact that I got 40%, I was surprised with that. So I think my theory is I would have at least got 5% more of the votes if you listed Phillips as a guard slash tackle. The 40% just looked at pick one and said Justin Jefferson better than Andrew Thomas. You're damn right. That's all they did. Low right. info voters are the ones who voted for you. That's what they called me in high school. Low so I hate this new joke that you have where you say that's <laughs> what they call you in high school. All right. Uh, let's talk about the draft. Interior offensive line. Add. Come on. Pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. Bobby Skinner, before we get to talking about guard, centers, interior offensive linemen, basketball teams are entering the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs. While some teams are locks to make the playoffs, others are still fighting for their opportunity to chase the trophy this summer. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you at the center of the action with the chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any basketball team to win their next game. And if during that game, the team of your choosing hits a three, you bring home $100 in free bets. That's 101 odds, Bobby Skinner. It's time for your next corner. Um, LaMarcus Aldrich retired. That's That was unexpected. Hope he's doing all right. Hope he's going to be well. Um, what does that mean for the Brooklyn Nets and their chances for an NBA title? Um, we might have to win the NBA Finals in five games instead of four now. Wow. All right. So that's your Nets corner brought to you by Bobby Skinner. How about all the dummies being like, why isn't LaMarcus Aldridge playing? He he doesn't need time off. It's like, well, he literally retired. You dummy. Do you, do you feel, uh, strongly about sitting players in the middle of the season, when it's an important game for fans, but maybe it doesn't mean anything to the organization. If the Nets started it, then yeah, but we're not starting it. We're just doing what the rest of the league basically does. That's true. That's true. So this year, teams, they've been hitting threes at unprecedented I was kind of mad rates. we didn't play the 76ers, though. I wanted to watch that game full strength. But we didn't have Harden, so it didn't really matter anyways. It's true. So Harden wasn't in. That means as that means uh, three-pointers weren't being hit as often. So get in on all the action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Before this offer ends, DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOMBOY when you sign up to turn $1 to $100 in free bets. If the basketball team you're choosing hits a three, that's code JOMBOY, J-O-M-B-O-Y, to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling prom? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT-TOP. All right. We are talking about interior offensive line, Justin. We have eight guards. Actually, no. Seven guards. Four centers. Actually, no. We have five centers. We have five centers. We got six guards, five centers. And I have one guy who played offensive tackle that I'm putting at guard. One guy. I didn't want to, you know, it seems like this time of year, every tackle is a guard. Like, basically every tackle, like this guy would be great at guard. Every single. Every center is also a guard, too. Yeah. Um, where it's like, you know, I, I think Josh Myers, Creed Humphreys, those guys are, are center only. Where Lander Dickens, Landon Dickens, Dickerson, he could play guard. Um, so we'll, I'm glad we'll, you said that about Josh Myers. We're going to talk about we're, that. Yeah, we're going to talk about all of them. So I, I only cheated with one 
uh, tackle playing guard, but he played guard the senior bowl. And I, I, he's like my, like, this is my, like, steal the draft. So, Justin, we're getting ready to talk about these guards. It's a, it's a very big, important spot for the Giants. It's a weakness. It's a weakness. Um, I do think it's worth taking at 11. We'll talk about it with your first guy, Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, but I will say, our first two guys are the only people that at 42, I would think is like, yeah, they were in my top 42 of players, you know? Where it's like, there's a lot, there's a cluster of guys I like, but I like them end of the second, early third, you know what I mean? Yep. So. Yep. I also think there's a there's an element of, we'll talk wide receiver on uh, Tuesday, Bobby Skinner, or Monday. Wide receiver? Yeah. Wide receiver, wide receiver is, is Monday of draft week. It's the last episode of, of draft uh, draft month. Last positional episode of draft month. So that's this Monday? No. Inside linebacker is on Tuesday. Offensive tackle on Friday. Oh, we have a whole nother week. Oh, my God. I thought... Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm so excited. I'm thinking next week's draft week. Yeah, so we have a whole nother week, and then the Monday of draft week, we'll, we'll be talking wide receiver. But, Bobby, you know, I cheated, and I did a mock draft. I did a mock draft at uh, at 12.15 on Thursday, Thursday morning, technically. And, you know, I wanted to test the whole theory. We talked about this a couple shows ago about, you know, we feel like there's a lot more wide receivers in round two or maybe even round three that would be that we like more as prospects than offensive guards and interior offensive linemen. And at least in, you know, the mock draft, the the one mock draft I did, I cheated. I'm usually a one mock draft kind of guy. I cheated. I'm a fraud. Um, there was there was a ton of wide receivers there, especially in round two, um, that I really liked. And I just don't feel the majority of these guys at guard that we're going to talk about, they're not worthy of taking round two. Maybe definitely round three, definitely round four. But the especially the first two guys that we are going to talk about, though, um, my even my guy may even be worthy at taking at eleven. But we'll, he we'll, is. We'll Let's get talk to that about him. Elijah Vera Tucker. You are starting off this episode. Go 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 go. Elijah Vera Tucker, six five, three hundred and eight pounds from USC, the University of Southern California. My plus plus category. He is nasty in the run game. He drives dudes. Keeps his feet churning and he finishes blocks. I put drives and finishes in all caps on my computer. Mental processing as the play is happening is also plus plus. Applies to both pass blocking and run blocking. As a pass blocker, I have seen reps, particularly in 2019. So I watched both 2019 film. I watched uh, the majority of the film that I did watch was 2019 because he had he has positional versatility with both guard and tackle. He played left tackle this year for USC. And then 2019, 2018, he played left guard. He played guard. So he has that positional versatility. So as a pass blocker, I've seen reps, particularly in 2019 against Notre Dame, where he has faced like Enigma defensive fronts. So think of what Patrick Graham does, like the Enigma defensive fronts of linebackers, uh, not in a stance, just running around before the snap. Maybe a safety's run around before the snap. Maybe there's like one defensive lineman formation. That's what I said. That's what I mean by Enigma. So Enigma defensive fronts with a ton of pre-snap movement, and he was able to hold off a stunt from guys running at full speed, like multiple guys that are running full speed at him. And he was able to hold off a stunt. Um, his ability to read and react in uh, in that way is absolutely incredible. Um, his work in double teams, moving from the line to the secondary and doing it with perfect timing is awesome. Bobby is also very strong. You see it, obviously, in how he drive, drives guys in the run game, but he also has a solid base as a pass blocker, too, and he's in the 98th percentile in the bench press from his pro day. You can see those 36 bench press reps on film. He gets solid extension and benches guys as a pass blocker. Insane athlete in space as well. My plus category, I mentioned the positional versatility. My minus category, he does not have the footwork for a tackle. That's why we're including him in our guard episode. Um, so maybe he needs to work on footwork. Maybe he needs to work on his recoverability. Bobby, I'm going to stop. Overall, he's a gotta-have-it player for me. I am starting to consider him at 11. I, am I crazy? No, not at all. I would. I, I am Slater over over Vera Tucker. But Vera Tucker is very much in play. It is, you know, there's, there's probably like six guys that would go in the celebrate category for me. Vera Tucker is one of them. Vera Tucker is one of them. And honestly, him playing tackle, like he is a guard, you know, he played guard and then they played him a tackle, but everyone views him as a guard where Slater, it's like, we kind of like talk about him as guard, but he's a tackle where Vera Tucker's a guard playing tackle though, makes him better at guard because it forced him to, like you said, his feet aren't perfect, 
but it forced him to start being a little quicker with his feet. It forced him yeah. to use his hands more, where at guard he wasn't always doing that right off the ball. And it's going to lead to him being better in the run game, in the pass game. Him playing tackle makes him a better guard, man. It was exciting. And there was one bad game against Oregon, and it's like, you know, um, Thibodeau, who's like this defensive end, who I guess is eventually going to be a top 10 pick or so. Um, they're like, oh, well, he wrecked him. Well, not really in that game. Like, he did pretty damn well. I went and, and looked back at the the bad snaps. I thought there was four bad plays. There was a QB hit, which wasn't even a bad play, but it was. It took six seconds. So, I timed it six seconds from snap to throw, um, and it was, ju- it was just the QB hit. Um, he had a sack where he gave up where it was initially good, and then the guy redirected inside and got the QB. The QB has stepped up in the pocket. Um, one really bad QB hit, and then he gave up another uh, sack. Um, but on that sack, uh, the nose tackle jumped, so the center snapped the ball, but they didn't call off sides. You know, like he was trying to get a free play. They didn't call the flag, so he was late to come off the ball, and the defensive end just kind of beat him with speed at that point because he was, you know, the defensive end got off the ball before he did. Um, you know, USC was trying to catch a free play out of it. So even in the game with that was supposedly like his really bad game, he like kind of did well for the most part, just had a, a couple bad reps. Um, so yeah, I, I am 100%. Like he is in play at 11 and it's not a reach. Stop with the, you know, we can get these kind of players later in the draft. We just talked about it. There's really only two guys, him and Landon Dickerson, who I really feel great about at 42. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think he's in play at 11, and it would not be a reach to me. I think he's, he's I think it's just nobody watches USC offensive line, so no one's talked about him. We're getting later into the draft process. Everyone's doing more of their homework, and now, like, and including us, and it's like, okay, now let's talk about this guy because he's actually a real deal and 100% worth this pick. Yeah. He's strong. He's athletic. He's balanced, he's under control, and I think he's aware. Uh, I I can't name, besides guard and besides his kick steps, I can't, and that's a tackle. But at guard, I can't name a, a glaring flaw. I can't. Good extension, 36 bench press reps. The extension, the, the bench press reps and the strength is seen on film where he gets that extension, he's he's placing his hands by the breastplate. You know, m- maybe maybe he has a little bit of problem where he's reaching towards the shoulder sometimes, but who who's who isn't going to hold? But he he holds guys by the breastplate and that's not holding in the NFL. Right. So, I I'm for it. I am so so for it and it, it what it comes down to, Bobby, this Giants team is so so close to being a good roster. They're maybe not a great roster, but they're very very close to being a good roster. So it's not like we're picking at four. It's not like we're picking at two. It's not like we're picking at six where we where we you know where we pick Daniel Jones. You know, picking at eleven, you you still want to take, you know, BPA best player available, blah, blah, blah. You still want to apply by that philosophy, but also because the Giants are in a much different spot than they were just a couple years ago, where they're just Giants were just looking for good football players all across the board. I think the Giants have a solid foundation of their roster. So now what we're looking for is we can acknowledge need with Elijah Vera Tucker or, you know, Rashawn Slater, right? If you're either on one of those trains, while acknowledging the biggest need on this football team, which in my opinion is guard. Need matters. Need matters, but you don't reach. So you to hear us talking like, hey, would we really want an edge at that 11 spot? No, because we feel like you'd probably be reaching someone there. With Vera Tucker, Slater, I don't think you're reaching at all. And no. it is a huge need it is the biggest need on this team i think edge is a weaker spot in general but guard is a bigger need right now and possibly tackle we'll see what happens with parrot um who's looking good in those workout videos but they are just workout videos um it's a huge need and i don't think i don't think he's a reach so um i i, I love Ver tucker sign me up for him at 11 if ray sean slater and penne Sue are gone yep and we're not just saying it because we need the spot we're saying it because I put this I when I put his film on never never saw him before and I was very much impressed. Um go watch him against 2019 against Notre Dame. You're going to have a lot of fun. Very good. Very good. All right, next on my list. This guy would be a top 20 prospect if it wasn't for the injuries, but he does have the injuries. Landon Dickerson, center/guard out of Alabama, 6 foot 6, 325 pounds. Remington Award winner tours ACL in that SEC Championship game versus Florida. You remember that? You know, he's doing like cartwheels at Alabama Pro Deal Pro Day and stuff. Um, 
Started at Garden Center Jr. from Alabama. Transferred from FSU the year before where he started at some tackle spots. He's literally played reps at every single position on the offensive line. And yep. he's at 6'6". He is one of the centers. He he is the center where it's like he played him at guard. Like any of these other centers we would talk about if we were drafting them to start. It's like, you know what? Maybe they play center. You put Nick Gates at guard. If we were to get this guy in round two, it's Nick Gates at center, Lander Dickerson at guard. Um, had that knee injury. Offensive tackle frame. And it helps him so much in pass pro. In pass pro, it's beautiful. Sometimes you can get beat on pass, but in pass reps, but it's very rare. And, you know, we're going to talk about some of these other players in the run game. And it's like, this guy kind of wins with angles and good hand and hat placement. This guy kind of wins with power, but he has sloppy hands. Lander Dickens, Landon Dickerson is the real deal. Both. Both. He has good hand placement, good helmet, smart, knows how to win with angles. But he'll also bully your ass. He will bully your ass. And that was from the center spot. So imagine him at guard without having to worry that, that snapping spot. Uh, like I said, might struggle with some faster NFL defensive tackles. Um in the past game, if he doesn't have work, he's looking for it. We saw, you know, at one of the funnest things to do this past season was look for Nick clips of Nick Gates looking for work when he didn't have someone in the past game and lighting dudes up. That's what Leonard Dickerson does. He doesn't just find him. He does it. Very good strength at the point of attack. Um, he's a first-round pick if it wasn't for the injuries. And he was someone I really didn't consider until free agency. We like okay. We're, we're we're starting to look at some guys for with injury issue. If he falls a forty two man, I think I'll be like draft Lander Dickerson. Even if we went, you know, I I wouldn't even be mad at going O line back to back. Um, but if we don't, it would I would I would say we get a wide receiver, or whatever Michael Parsons and Landon Dickerson is there at forty two. He's probably like that's that's my guy. Like all 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 of all of Friday, I'm going to be like I hope Landon Landon Dickerson falls. I hope Landon yep. Dickerson falls. Because he's a first-round talent. I think he's like a top-20 talent. It's just the injuries could make him slide. Is it just the one injury of the torn ACL, or is it multiple? Multiple. He had another torn multiple. ACL at FSU. And there's other, oh, other you know, injuries. He's, you know, he's, he's had a lot of injuries, you know. We've seen the Giants take chances on those this offseason. Uh, PFF, at least at the pro level, um, they, they really like to overestimate like hurries, sacks, sacks allowed, stuff like that. But um, through three seasons in 2018, he only had about 66 pass block snaps. But two, you know, two seasons, he's only allowed one sack, uh, which is which is pretty darn good. And again, you're you're playing in uh, the toughest competition at the collegiate level in the entire world at Alabama, and also more pancakes on his 2020 tape than anybody else in the country. So that's Landon Dickerson. I think he would fit like a glove. He's the second guy. Out of all these guys, including tackles that could possibly transition to guard, I think can fit like a glove on this team. It could automatically be an upgrade and a starter over Shane Lemieux. Yeah. Yep. And Will Hernandez, too. You, oh, he would even be up, upgrade over Will Hernandez, you feel? No doubt. Love it. Vera Tucker also an upgrade over Will Hernandez? No doubt. Love it. Love it. All right, so we're taking a little bit of a step down next. A little bit of a step down next, but these are still some guys that I feel like we like. Aaron Banks, 6'5", 325 pounds from Notre Dame. In my plus-plus categories, built like a brick shithouse. He is a massive human being. If I had two words to describe his game, it would be solid and steady. I also kind of use the same words to describe Vera Tucker, except Vera Tucker is more of a well-rounded player. But if I had two words just to describe Aaron Banks overall, it would be solid and steady. He stays square. He rarely gets off bounds, and he doesn't lunge all that often. Good technique and pass pro, and I love his hands. Consistently gets them inside the breastplate and gets solid extension. Washes defenders on down blocks. When he has momentum, he can move some guys because of how big he is. So he just washes guys down the line of scrimmage or he even puts them on the ground. My plus category, he plays with grit and toughness. He It's most seen in the run game. Uh, we didn't see him move the second move to the secondary level a lot or pull a ton in space. At least I didn't, but I thought he moved pretty well. Nothing spectacular though. In my minus category for a size, I would think he would be a little bit stronger, but he doesn't really drive guys in the run game or get bull rushed uh, and can get bull rushed somewhat easily. So the only time that I really saw him drive guys was like in those wa where he would just wash guys out. I wouldn't really see him drive guys maybe when he's head on head on. So. 
He can get bull rush somewhat easily too in the in the past game. Only 24 bench press reps combined with very short arms. I think that's kind of a little bit of a bad sign. And he's also not the best athlete. Three cone time was slightly above average, and the film showed I think the same, just slightly above um, slightly above average athleticism. Um, he's a steady player. He relies on his technique. He relies on his size. I don't feel there's anything wrong with that. Overall, he's a love-it player, even though I kind of just really did critique him. He is a love-it player. Banks is one of those guys where it is similar to Jedrick Wolves, though. How can this dude improve at the pro level? Because I do feel like he's so technically sound. I feel like he's sound in a lot of areas, but the areas which he really does need to improve is, is his athleticism. Can he improve the athleticism at the pro level? How can he improve? Um, so think he can have a good career uh, at guard. You're looking to maybe get him uh, as an early day two pick. He is a love it player for me. He 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 is um, like like in that cluster of guards that we're going to talk about. He is the guy for me there. I do think he's plenty strong to move guys. You know, maybe his bench press isn't great, but I think he like you know one of my bullet points is like he's going to move NFL defensive linemen in the run game. Um, and then in the pass game, it's kind of his like he's got good feet, but sometimes he'll let some guys go outside him. Um, you actually saw him play left tackle a little bit versus FSU, um, and, he, and he actually did pretty well at that. Um, like I said, he's not—he's not like a great athlete, you know. But I do think there's things he can get better at. Like I think his hand placement could get better. They can kind of slide off of guys at times. So I think he's someone that's going to move guys at the NFL level and will fit in well, kind of in any scheme. Even though he's not the, you know, he may not be the greatest fit for like an outside zone scheme. But like you put him next to Andrew Thomas, and they're going to like they're going to move dudes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I usually don't let uh, us talk about guys with our Nick, annual Nick Filato episode, but Aaron Banks was somebody we had to talk about twice. Like, I didn't care if we talked about him with Nick Filato. It's like, Ooh. we have to talk about these cluster guards, and Aaron Banks is at the head of that. Um, Justin, next on my list, is one of the first guys I watched in this draft process, you know? Um, yeah, I knew I was going to the Senior Bowl. I was like, okay, let me start watching film on the Senior Bowl offensive lineman. I was like, you know what? Let me start with the guy who was teammates with our with our good friend Andrew Thomas. And I went offensive guard, right guard out of Georgia, six foot six, three hundred fifty four pounds, another tackle frame guy, Ben Cleveland, third team All American as a senior. Um, started all the games there. Kind of missed some games with some academics and then a, a, a fibula injury um, or years before that, so he doesn't have like a ton of experience, um, but. When you watch him, he plays bully ball. He is a bully in the run game. He wins as a bully. You know, he consistently moves people in the run game, which can also be his little weakness a little bit because sometimes he's going to lean over guys um, and he'll kind of fall forward. Or he, you know, he'll, you know, he won't finish a block because he's leaning. Um, but once he gets a guy moving, he is going to get movement, moving guys off the ball um, in the pass game. I think it's like that tackle frame really does help him. Like he is good with hand fight. His feet are wide, and I really like he gave up one QB hit in 2020. I really do think his frame makes him better because he has these long arms, you know, for a guard, and he just he's able to win those reps with his feet, sliding with guys, ability to mirror with guys, and and the hand fight is there. You know, I, I have a, actually have a film breakdown coming out later today, Friday at one o'clock, on him, and you see how it's like he's just kind of controlling a guy with his hands and his long arms. Um, Needs to stay square in his pass reps if that was uh, a critique of him. Um, sometimes, you know, doesn't finish. And he's like, he's one of those guys. And Hernandez can be like this too sometimes. Where it's like he's looking for this big hit. And it's like, well, dude, you kind of, kind of missed your assignment a little bit. Or yeah. like you you like you could have, instead of going for the big hit, you could have just done this regular and sustained this block a little longer. Um, but I love this guy, man. I think he would fit in great. Obviously, there's that connection with Andrew Thomas, you know, you know. The Giants front office does have a thing for those those George office alignment, and I do think he can be he can work on like you know not leaning so much in the run game, using his hands instead of just leaning on guys. Um, the feet are a little heavy. I don't think that's gonna get a ton better at the NFL, but he's in a, like we're talking about these cluster of guards. You know, the next five six guys we talk about besides Wyatt Davis, um, I'm thrilled at the, with those guys in round three, and Ben Cleveland would be one of those guys. Um, a, a phrase that, a new phrase that I learned, I don't know if I learned it, um, but a new phrase that I like, and I'm going to apply it to one of my guys, does he play out of his shoes a little bit? 
in terms of because he's looking to just blow guys up. So if he's looking to blow guys up and he's moving a million miles an hour, sometimes he if he's leaning and he's so, does that phrase make sense? I don't think I've. Is it? Did you make that phrase up? I have no clue. I honestly don't know. Plays oh, it's it's like more like over his skis. Okay, but out of his shoes, I can live with that. You can live with that. Yeah, you mentioned one QB hit. Um, you had in twenty twenty, only allowed one QB hit throughout his entire career, and he had a hundred pass block snaps, two hundred twenty three, two hundred eighty three in twenty twenty, from twenty eighteen to twenty twenty, respectively. So only one QB hit throughout his entire career, which is pretty pretty impressive. Take the PFF calculations with a grain of salt. Bobby Skinner. Next on my list. SEC. Trey, a lot of SEC guys. Trey Smith, 6'6", 321 pounds from Tennessee. In my plus-plus category, Smith's biggest strength is his upper body strength. He plays very top-heavy. He packs a punch in his pop. He stops defenders in their tracks. This applies in both pass blocking and pass blocking and run blocking as well. He plays nasty, too. My plus category, positional versatility, over 400 snaps at left tackle in 2018. Another guy that played both tackle and guard. Um, good tight angles when he pulls. He's efficient. Then there's not a lot of wasted movements. You want to say something? I just think he's one of the best pullers out of this group. Maybe really, if, like you know, this cluster. I think he's the best at pulling. Right on. Do you do you feel like? How do you feel about the athleticism? Because that's something that I'm that I'm iffy on. It's I not think. amazing, but like you said, he's very effective when he does do it. Yeah. You know, efficient. Because I think one of you know one of the things that do they try to teach you to be tight by the line of scrimmage? Like you want to be as close to yeah. the other lineman's ass as possible to try to get down there, take the shortest route possible. Correct. That's something that they teach you, right? Correct. Correct. Cool. And he does that. Yes, he does. My minus category. He has battled blood clots in his lungs. It has costed him practice time and games. I don't know what that means. Uh, I I'm guessing that is not good. Um, he plays a little sloppy. This is a guy, this is one of the first guys I'm talking about that he it, he does play a little so- sloppy. I do not love his pass blocking mostly because I think his lateral movement is somewhat limited. He has a ton of upper body strength, but his hand placement is not as good as Banks or Vera Tucker's where they are consistently inside the breastplate where Smith relies on the pop of his punch versus clamping down and holding guys and maybe staying in front. So if you can't hold and clamp down a guy and you, and your lateral movement somewhat limited, then you're going to lose maybe after the initial pop and after the initial pump uh, punch at the NFL. Um, I'm not sure if there's anything wrong with that, but that's at least my evaluation. Um, and I also, I didn't see him work on double teams all that often. Overall, really the only difference between Trey Smith and Aaron Banks is that Banks is that, um, I'm sorry, is that Trey Smith plays a little bit more loose and sloppy. He is strong in his upper half, and I feel like if he used his lower half and his legs a little bit more, he'd be a much more complete player. But if it's either his upper half is so powerful that I can't see how strong his legs are, um, and that's you know good for him, but that's what at least what I say. I like him. I really do like him, so don't take my Coldstone Creamery rating as a slight towards him. I just want to see more... Out of him, I want to see a little bit more consistency, and the injury history is concerning. Smith is a like-it player for me. I think he's got room to grow. I think he's got more room to grow than you know Cleveland does, Aaron Banks does. I do think he has room to grow. I think he's nice and kind of calm in his passes. But like you said, speed can, can get him at times. You mentioned double teams. There were some plays down at the Senior Bowl where it's him and Alex Leatherwood, and they were just earth-moving guys off the ball. Um, double teaming people so that got me excited I thought his senior bowl was really good even in the in the past rep so his senior bowl bumped him up for me um, again we're talking guys in the late second early third so they're not gonna be perfect prospects but I do think like he has room to work it's like you could see how he's strong but it's like dude I want to see you road grade guys a little more um, where it's like you win that good pop but it's like you're not moving that guy off the ball like a Cleveland or Banks would so I do think He's got some stuff to work with. There's some like heart issues and stuff, um, but I think that's all right. And if anybody knows him, it's going to be the Giants coaching staff with Jeremy Pruitt on staff. Ooh, good tidbit. How about that? Um, so, so, Trey Smith. All right, next on the list, do you have anything else on Trey Smith? No. All right, next on the list is... <laughs> this is <laughs> this is something. <laughs> I had to put him on. Usually on these, um, we're talking about guys we like. 
you know, like it's like get get six guys that we want to talk about each that we like. You know, we we try to be positive people on this. But I have to talk about this guy because he is rated high. And to me, I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan. And this was the guy whose name was like, hey, we can get this guy at 42. <sighs> we talked about how, you know, you know, Banks, Cleveland, Smith, you know, that cluster of guys, and even some of the guys talk about next, like, you're probably not you're not banging on the table for them at 42, but you understand it. Why Davis I will be frustrated with. And listen, I, I we we don't try we try not to get too caught up on our opinions because like we always look back at the draft. And like that's part of the process of our little redraft things. Like look how, look how the draft ends up going and how dumb we can look sometimes. Yeah, Austin Jackson actually had somewhat of a decent rookie year, and and he we were like, please don't, please nobody be involved with Austin Jackson with the Giants last year. So well, that's an example. Yeah. So, but anyways, Wyatt Davis, guard out of Ohio State, six foot four, three hundred fifteen pounds, twenty two career starts at right guard. I'm gonna start with the positive. He's very strong. He is a strong player. And he can fold guys. He has some highlight plays, Wyatt Davis does. Like, he's not a, a player who doesn't have highlight plays. Um, and I, I already hear But he did have some injuries towards the end of the season. But he did have an injury versus Penn State when I was watching him. He has to be on an inside gap run team. Which the Giants could be a good fit for that. You know, like he... But he has to be. Because Justin, his feet suck. His feet are really bad. They are slow. They are sloppy. He kind of, his upper body goes before his feet go, and he doesn't, and he has false steps. Like it's just his feet aren't good. And you think a guy that was strong like that, like he'd be great with double teams. He's not because he's not putting his hands in the right place. He's slipping off guys. He's screwing the person that he double teams with. He's coming off early or not coming off. Um, like they're just he's he's a mess of a player to me. He didn't look good. Now, um. There's some other people who were like, you know, he's kind of a, a name, and there was some 2019 hype, but it was 2020 wasn't good. Um, it was Matt Miller who said it. It's like I hate I hate using Matt Miller as someone who said it, but he he is someone who does the work, even though he sucks. So, anyways, I'm probably dumb for bringing up Matt Miller. Um, can't pull like he he's just not a guy that's gonna pull. Um, he's gonna struggle with any D line who's gonna match him size wise and has more than a bull rush. You get a D lineman who's 10 pounds lighter than him, and all they have is a bull rush, Wyatt Davis can win those. I'm yelling right now. And Wyatt Davis could win those. But any defensive, like, if 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 Dexter Lawrence went versus Wyatt Davis, it would be, like, Dexter Lawrence, high, Dexter Lawrence highlight game. Um, so, like, any D lineman who has more than a bull rush is going to win with him. Again, his feet are slow to get lateral. He's going to get stunted to death, which, to me, was like, is that your IQ there? Um Get shed easily. I am like two thumbs down for Wyatt Davis. Maybe in the fourth round, but I w- I wouldn't want Wyatt Davis in the third round. Maybe the fourth, fifth round. But I'm not. I am not a fan of Wyatt Davis. I think he is a very overhyped player. I think he's just. We see some highlight plays. He's strong. He plays at the big name Ohio State. Um, you know, like you're going to talk about Deontay Brown, who I I like much better than Wyatt Davis. Remember, like Deontay Brown, it's like people saw a picture of him. SEC, like national championships, like this guy go first round and now he's kind of slipped down. It's like people started watching him. I just, I don't mm-hmm. think people have watched Wyatt Davis. They just see like guard who has some highlight plays um, and, and went to Ohio State. Like I am very down on Wyatt Davis. Like he, he has to fix a ton. Like I, I don't think he would start over Shane Lemieux or Will Hernandez. Yeah. So, I mean, he might have some plays where he's, you know, folding guys and good for him. But I, I also, you know, I, was watching Josh Myers, who I'm going to talk about in a little while, and I felt like he was playing patty cake at times. He was you know, screwing when, when, Josh Myers at times. Like, in double yeah. teams, it's like Josh Myers is doing his job and Wyatt Davis is not. And so it's like this guy's splitting this double team or, you know, the linebacker's coming off. Like, like Josh Myers, I like, but Wyatt Davis, no no bueno for me. Yeah, so I I guess awareness. You, you mentioned something about being aware and not picking up stunts. Uh, I guess that is... That is a weakness because if he if he has the physical tools to, you know, uh, to be productive and to play nasty, but then if you're not a, a smart football player and if you're not aware, if you don't know what's going on around you and you don't know how the game is moving, especially if, you know, you mentioned if there's a guy that's going to have a pass rush move that's different than just a bull rush and you're not going to be able to keep up with the speed of the game in that way, doesn't I don't care how strong you are, I don't care how fast you are. So you're going to be bad. Who was so, the guy from um, LSU that the Seahawks drafted that just sucked this year? But it's like 
He's really strong. Thirty-six bench press reps. Forget his name. That wasn't Cushionberry, right? No, no it was somebody was, else. You know, but it's good. like that's kind of who he reminds me of. Where it's like everyone talked about him in the draft, but then he got to the NFL and just sucked. Yeah, Cushionberry. We, we Cushionberry didn't have a lot of lateral movement, so there you go. Um, it wasn't Cushionberry. All right. right. No, no. He's. I think he actually had a pretty good year. Um, Bobby, that was like the first player that we really went in on out of this entire Screw draft. You, Wyatt Davis. I hope he listens. Yikes. He's going to be the best guard in the Damian draft. Damian Lewis much, is who I was talking that's about. That's how Damian Lewis. There you go. Next on my list, another name that starts with the letter D. Deontay Brown. 6'4", 344 pounds from Alabama. My plus-plus category, he's incredibly fun to watch. Uh, Brown being fun to watch is his most endearing quality, in my opinion. I was watching the Alabama and Florida game uh, as it was happening, um, and whenever Alabama was on offense, I was glued to Deontay Brown, and that like like everybody was for for a couple weeks there, um, plowing people like they're fresh snow on the side of the road. Bobby, you wouldn't understand that joke because you live in Florida. That's okay. Uh, multiple pancakes, which was also Deontay Brown's nickname in high school, probably multiple pancakes, because that's what he looks like. He looks that's like what he orders. Pancakes. That's what he orders. Multiple pancakes. Um, another lineman who stays relatively balanced and doesn't play out of control. Um, stays square, especially in the run game. My plus category, pretty quick for a guy his size and for a guy that big. Now, is he quick <laughs> compared to the rest of the guards? I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say as plus 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 athleticism for, but for being close to 350 pounds, I'd say he's pretty quick for his size. He keeps a wide base storing his pass sets. He doesn't cross his feet. However, I don't really think it. I think it's easier to cross your feet when you're a tackle versus a guard. But he keeps a wide base storing pass sets. So good for him. Work double teams well with Dickerson and Leatherwood. You can use. You can either say that's a plus or that's a minus because he had such good quality talent around him that maybe it made his job a little bit easier, but he worked well with the guys around him. I consider that a plus. He's a much better run blocker than pass blocker. My minus category, he lunges during pass rush sets and as a run blocker at times. He lunges at times. Short arms and does not pack the same punch that Trey Smith does after the snap. So we love Trey Smith's his upper body strength. We love the punch that he that he that he gives at the point at, at contact, right? Deontay Brown, you would think for how big he is, you would think for how strong he is, that he doesn't give that same punch. Um, overall, who doesn't love watching a guy and a really, you know, relatively good athlete for his size at 350 pounds just destroy human beings? Who doesn't love that? I think Deontay Brown really fits a team that runs an inside zone scheme. Um, I wouldn't really like the Giants to take him, at least in the fifth round. Because, again, it's it's kind of like repeating Shane Lemieux. If you have another project, uh, I view Deontay Brown as more of a project. So if they take him, he's definitely going to be a backup. Um, so I like to watch him, though. He is a love-it player because I really, really like to watch him, and he's very, very fun. Yeah, his issues in pass blocking are very real, and that's why he's not at the top. you know. Um, and like you said, he has great run plays. I just wish he'd be a little more consistent. But I do think his feet are good. Um, and I will say... In, in pass pro, he plays the full man, which a lot of guys, especially in college, and they get away with it, like, they'll play guard like it's tackle, where it's like they wash guys around. It's like, that doesn't work at the next level. He needs to play, like, head-on with the man in front of him. Deontay Brown does that, but he also will get beat with speed and guys with good moves at times. So he, there is inconsistencies there, but... um you know, I think he's a good third, like like third round player. Like this cluster of guys at, at round three, there's like all these guys besides Wyatt Davis. It's like, man, you you feel really good about these guys in round three. Do you think he's? You think he's a third rounder? Yeah. What do you? Where do you see him? I I think there's. I mean, I I'm, I don't like to project draft slots. Um, but just say like where I, you would like how you would feel said, in the third round. Well, now we're at the top of the third round, but it's like how you feel as he picked here, how compared to how you feel you feel picked there. I wouldn't like it because odds are Trey Smith, Aaron Banks, Cleveland, all those guys are still on the board. Yeah, that's true. So I, I would not like, I think there is a pretty decent gap between Deontay Brown and the guys that we just talked about above, except Wyatt Davis. Yeah, I think he's, I, th I got them all pretty close. Um, You know, they're all players with flaws. My problem but I do is, think his flaws are going to show up more in the, on the Giants than they would on other teams. Because like you said, Correct. one, he had Landry Dickerson redundant. and Alex Rutherford, <laughs> Weather, Leatherwood. And 
like you know those Shane Lemieux pass reps where it's like he kind of gets embarrassed. Like Deontay Brown has those same ones, so it's like right. Does you so I, I get I get what you're saying, and that's why it's redundant to to pick him. Um, it, it, not a bad player, but I'm also very I'm much higher on my next guy that I'm going to talk about after you talk about your next guy, and that's why I think I'm a little bit more down on Deontay Brown because I'm higher on my next guy. But you go ahead. You down with the Brown? All right, yes. Justin. Next on my list. Is a center-only prospect because he's basically only played center out of Oklahoma. Creed Humphrey, six foot four, three hundred twelve pounds, three-year starter at center, left-handed center. How about that? I'm a lefty too. Did you Whoa. know that I'm left-handed? Yes, I did know that. Okay, okay. Very high IQ player. He understands the center position. Uh, always looking for uh, for work. He understands. It seems like he understands protections, even though they're kind of dumbed down at the college level. Um. Will do well. He's a guy who will do well in an outside zone scheme. I think he's got like uh, enough athleticism, good feet to kind of get around guys. And, you know, he's going to win by good hand placement and flipping his hips around and winning with angles. That's how Creed Humphrey wins at the center spot. Um, good hat placement, uh, helmet placement with, with feet to move. Like his feet never stop moving. A lot of these guys we talk about, they make contact, boom, boom, boom. Their feet kind of stop. They extend their arms. Creed Humphrey's feet never stop moving. Um, uh, quick to the second level. If he's got a smaller player, he's gonna fold him. Like you see him go against linebackers. Like he's like there's these awesome plays. He has very strong hands where he just folds players. Um, now I do think bigger nose tackles, which he really didn't face at Oklahoma. It was more of like you know guys lined up before the guard. Will give him fits. But even the NFL doesn't have a lot of true nose tackles either. You know, and if they do, they're not always lining up just straight up over the center. Um, and you know, that's why there's so many clips of Nick Gates looking for work. So I don't think that's the biggest issue. Um, good feet, mirroring skill and pass pro is beautiful. Um, good, strong hand fight. And like I said, his hands can dictate angles and win in the run game, even though he's not going to like overpower dudes on the defensive line. I know we're talking about him later, but he is at, like, he is third on these guys for me, like Vera Tucker, um, Dickerson, uh, He's third after those guys for me. I did. I just kind of wanted to talk about the other guys because they play guard and and where yeah. Humphrey is a true center. Um, and I don't think he's he probably wouldn't. I would be okay with him at pick forty two, but I'm not like banging on the table for Creed Humphrey at pick forty two. Ton of big guys, big guys, strong guys. Um, this is this would be a player that I think Dave Gettleman and. I don't know how Joe Judge feels about the experience part, but I, de- I definitely, knowing Dave Gettleman's track record in terms of him drafting, he is a guy that does value experience. And this is a this guy's a three-year starter, and he has almost 2,500 snaps under his belt. And you're a center, you're calling out those protections, you're the captain of the offensive line. That's a lot of experience to have at that spot. And I think that's pretty, pretty valuable. So Justin, um, there's a guy who Humphrey. I think is not a huge drop-off, who I think is actually a very similar player than Creed Humphrey. How about you talk about him? I'm going to talk about him. I really like this guy, Bobby. Josh Myers, 6'5", 310 pounds from the Ohio State. Plus, plus, he's a player who wants to put you on the ground when he fires out of his stance, and he is quick out of his stance, might I add. When he fires out of his stance, he wants to put you on the ground. He reads and reacts well as a pass blocker, manages the interior well for a center when he doesn't have anybody right on top of him. His eyes are quick and always looking for the next move. Won't always just run to find work if a guy is already taken care of. Is He's able to pass off defenders in stunts well, too. It's part of his good awareness. He works well with double teams as well. My plus category, he has two years of starting experience at center. He's logged over a 1,000 snaps at the position. I'm a sucker for good technique, and along with being quick out of his stance, he does take short choppy steps as a blocker in both the pass game and as a run blocker as well with being quick he also adds solid lateral movement too my minus category does not have the most active hands solid at initiating contact but continuing to hand fight is something that he does need to develop he can play out of his shoes a little bit that's the phrase that i said earlier he could play out of his shoes a little bit because he does play so fast he's going to just take somebody's head off so he could flop on a guy if he he could flop on a guy in space if he misses him. So then he winds up on all fours. Overall, I really like Josh Myers, especially thinking about where he could be taken in this draft. He is athletic. He is quick. He is aggressive. He has experience as a center. Maybe he can transition to guard, but 
I kind of like him at center, especially considering he's if center. he's going to struggle. If he's going to struggle out in space like that, Bobby, then I wouldn't really put him at guard, you know, because then you're going to be flopping at guys at the end, at you know, towards the end of the line of scrimmage. He's, right? he's a center. He's a center. I'm pretty confident in that. He's a gotta have it player for me. If he's there later in the draft, he's a gotta have a player for me. I really like him. I like him, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not banging on the table to draft Josh Myers so we can move Nick Gates to guard. You know. Well, I mean, I don't think you would draft Josh Myers again. You know, you're drafting Josh Myers maybe in the a, a day a day three pick. Day three. Right? You think he's gonna go day three? Uh, yeah. I think he's gonna go before that. You know, it all depends on what projection. Again, I, I look at whatever projections I can kind of find, and let me see. Where does PFF have him? PFF has him as a draft projection as fifth round. Whoa! I think Draft Network has him as like a third round. Draft Draft Network, I'll tell you what. Draft Network says that Vera, you know, in terms of how they rank Vera Tucker, they rank Vera Tucker a lot closer to the 11 range versus. So if you do your mock drafts through PFF and you're hearing us talking about Vera Tucker going at 11, they I think they give that grade. I think they give that grade like a C minus. Screw PFF, okay? Yeah, we don't. We, Anything that is graded by PFF, I don't listen to. How about that? Um, How about that? I like Myers. I I, I really do because uh, for what you can get, like for example, if you compare him to to Brown, right? I think the upside of a guy like Josh Myers is so much greater than Brown. So much greater because he's a, he's an athlete. He's aware. He's smart. Um, so that's my opinion. Disagree. All right, I like Myers. I do like Myers though. All right, next on my list. The only guy who played offensive tackle, but he played guard at the Senior Bowl. So freaking, you know, we're not. I'm not reaching too hard on the, you know, every tackle's a guard here, and he's late round. So give me a damn break. Jalen Moore, Western Michigan, fell in love with this guy at the Senior Bowl. He stood out to me, and especially in one on ones, which are meant for the defender. And he was actually playing some tackle in the one on ones too, man. His feet and his hands are so calm. They are nice. Short, choppy. Once he gets his hands on you, he controls. Like, he is not a sloppy player. He is a very calm, cool, in control player. Great feet in pass pro. 32 starts at Western Michigan. Um, short, choppy feet in his vertical sets, you know? Where it's like, he's not opening his hips even at the tackle spot, which translates good to the guard. Because it's like, okay, at guard, you can't open your hips like that. You can't wash guys around at guard. At 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 tackle, you kind of gotta you got a quick set and you gotta stay square. He does that. Um, decent athleticism, does a good job walling off the edge. Um, doesn't lean, does not lean. Like his his punches are bam bam. Like he's not like you know he's not like these wide guys. And a lot of these guys we talk about, even if you like them, they're even Andrew Thomas is like wide and and enforcing the lean. Where I'm sitting here doing this, the podcast people can't hear, but the YouTube is like the you know those guys are this. Symbols. More is, like more is like you're doing the symbols. Like this. Yeah, syllables, as you would say. I always like to say that, oh, you're, you're, you're clamping the syllables. <laughs> Wide, strong base. Um, can lean in the run game, though. So I was saying he doesn't lean in the pass game. In the run game, he does lean, but you can get away with that at guard. Um, good initial movement in the run game. Good hand placement. This guy, I think we may look back in our 2021 redraft and be like, man, this guy was kind of a steal. Like, this guy was kind of a steal. No one talked about him. Western Michigan. How about that? I know we already got a Western Michigan guy, Michigan guy in the roster in Sam Beal, but let's get another one. Maybe we'll get Dwayne Eskridge, too. Be a Western Michigan party. Sam Beal's on the roster? You did a film breakdown on this guy. Talked about Sam Beal so- earlier in the episode. How about that? How about that? You just didn't know that because we're technically recording this part first, but we're pitting it last. Mm, yeah, I don't know how we're going to bring him up. All right, last guy on my list, Bobby. Last guy on my list. Trey Hill, 6'4", 319 pounds from Georgia. Another former teammate of Andrew Thomas. Plus, plus category. More of a mauler versus a technician. And he grinds during reps. You can see him working and how he really tries to win each rep versus finessing his way through the play. Maybe just by, like, washing a guy towards the outside. He really tries to work. He really tries to win his rep and his play. Another guy where his strength is coming from his upper body. And maybe not necessarily coming from hand placement either. It's sometimes guys are just leaning on him and he just anchors down and he just holds guys. Um, he has quick lateral movement for a guy his size as well. My plus category, a player who is under control, moving from the first level blocks to secondary blocks and effective with double teams. My minus category, he has injury history. He had surgery on both knees this year. No bueno. 
Um, some may say that he has a little bit of water weight on him. He, Bobby, I, he's 319 pounds, but he's a he's a chunky dude. Like some of these some of these guys, like they're, you know, like they're built like a brick shit house. Like Aaron Banks, he's big, he's 330 pounds, but he's not fat. He's got a little he's got a little water weight on him. Troy uh, uh, Trey Hill does. So maybe he wants to ch- cut down on some weight, add some muscle. Um, overall, he can be an option for the Giants, possibly as an undrafted free agent round seven. PFF has weird projections. He is a like it player for me. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy um, for him projection wise. I think he's a player that gets results, but it doesn't always. It doesn't really look good getting it. You know, where it's very sloppy, like you said, he leans. He kind of you know like shoulder pads into guys before his hands get there, but he kind of moves guys. So um, and the knee the knee issue. So he could be um, uh, end of the draft steal. All right, last that guy we're going to talk about. This guy actually reminds me of Deontay Brown a little bit. So Darius Hutcherson, offensive guard out of South Carolina, six foot three, three hundred twenty-one pounds. Which, by the way, I was watching him. Shy Smith, my gosh, that guy makes a ton of plays. Started at left guard, right guard, and then left tackle um, in twenty nineteen. But he is a guard. Like I said, Deontay Brown like body, uh, who's going to fit in a gap scheme. Um, strength shows up as a mauler in the run game. Gets his hands on you. Yeah, he's, he's going to move you guys the way Deontay Brown does. But he is slow off the ball. But once, once, like I said, once he's engaged, he moves guys. Um, sometimes can overextend. His hands come in very low, low and late. Um, talk about athlete. 36 bench reps, 32-inch vertical jump. He's a pretty damn good athlete. And it shows up, him getting to the second level, getting to the linebackers, it shows up. Like, it's surprising seeing that type of body get there, but he does get there. Um, as a puller, again, another slow guy, like kind of, not the fastest at it, but it's effective. He's going to win. I don't think he's going to be good in an outside zone scheme. Um, in the past, needs to play the full man and to finish his blocks. Um, controls defensive tackles with his hands. You know, he's a he's a, he's a day three, late day three guy. But he does remind me kind of Deontay Brown a little bit. Which, does that speak negatively about Deontay Brown or positively for Sedarius Hutcherson? Hmm. Good question. That's the show. That's the show. Um, we'll see you guys on Tuesday. We have the inside linebackers, which means I get to talk about Chaz Surratt, Micah Parsons, Ooh. JOK. We got a, a lot of guys to talk about. You know, Jameen Davis from Kentucky. Nick Bolton's a guy I like. Jabril Cox, a guy I have a take on. I know. I, th- I think Justin's going to fall in love with Jabril Cox. Um, Excuse me? I think you're going to fall in love with Cox. Like, remember last year you fell in love with Willie Gay? Um, yeah. Last year, you know, you love Gay. This year you love Cox. Um, I was gonna save that joke for the linebacker episode, but here we are. Can't. Um, we'll say we'll say it again. It's been a long show. Yeah. All right. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back on Tuesday. Until then, let's go, Big Blue. <laughs>